This is Tom Bernard. Can't get enough of sports talk with Phil Mackey and Judd Zolgad. Tune in to the new Tom Bernard Show podcast Monday through Friday as Phil and Judd join me to discuss the latest sports headlines and whatever else comes to mind. Just download the Tom Bernard Show app wherever you get your podcasts or visit TomBernardShow.com. It's another way to get more from me and Judd talking sports and having fun with Tom and it's all at your fingertips. Download the Tom Bernard Show app now and join the conversation. Thanks for checking out this podcast presented by Minnesota's very own Ticket King. If you're looking for tickets for an upcoming game or event at TCF Bank Stadium, U.S. Bank Stadium, or XL Energy Center, visit TicketKingOnline.com or the link from the 1500ESPN.com sports calendar page. Ticket King has all your tickets for Minnesota football, plus all the concerts, all the theaters, and at all venues. Call 612-341-4141 or visit TicketKingOnline.com. For those who simply can't get enough talk about the Vikings, we present Bonus Chatter. Bonus Chatter about your favorite team that's unscripted, unfiltered, and uninterrupted. This is another edition of 1500 ESPN's Purple Podcast. Welcome to what uh, I guess you could call an emergency edition of the Purple Podcast. An unfortunate one if you're a Vikings fan. Uh, We're doing this on Tuesday. It's actually not Zolgad and Gessling, it's Zolgad and Mackey. And if you're thinking, why the hell are Zolgad and Mackey talking again? I listen four hours of bleeping need, day. Do we need like another half yeah. hour of these two Egomaniacs, they show up on my television sometimes. It's because uh, very serious news out of the uh, Tuesday practice today at Winter Park. Teddy Bridgewater suffered what uh, Coach Mike Zimmer in an emotional press conference termed a significant knee injury. Uh, Bridgewater, during a non-contact uh, portion, of course, of practice, dropped back to pass, sounds like basically yelled in pain, fell to the ground, an ambulance was brought in to take him away. We do not yet have details, uh, but uh, but in the press conference, Phil, Zimmer left the door open that this likely sounds season-ending. Yeah, I mean, P, uh, there's so many ways to go with this, but in, in the press conference, which you and I were actually, you would have been at Winter Park today, uh, we were on Twin Cities Live doing uh, radio trivia when this news came down, so kind of a, a it killed our buzz a little bit. But um, yeah, Zimmer was asked, "Is this a season-ending injury?" And he said, "We don't know yet, but it doesn't look good." I mean, yeah. judging by the reactions, at least from what we're reading and from what we're sort of gleaning from people who are at Winter Park, Ben Gessling, who I'm sure you guys will do another podcast later on this week. He was there, and um, it, it sounds like players were slamming helmets and maybe even some vomiting, according to some reports at practice. And if yeah. it's just a torn ACL or an MCL or your standard devastating NFL knee injury, they don't bring an ambulance in immediately and cart a guy off to HCMC. So, I mean, I don't want to sit here and speculate, but to me it starts with things that are worse than just a torn ACL. Almost That's what happened on that field today. Yeah, I covered the Vikings for a long time. Uh, in 2005, they brought an ambulance, and I was actually a closed practice, so I heard about the second hand. Uh, TJ Cottrell, who was a tight end and the son of defensive coordinator Ted Cottrell at the time for the Vikings, uh, suffered a compound fracture and was, was taken away uh, to the hospital in an ambulance. And the only other time that I saw an ambulance actually uh, go onto the field at Winter Park for practice was when Percy Harvin came out and had been dealing with migraines and threw up on the field and collapsed. And, and I was told after the fact that for a very brief time, his heart even stopped. Yeah. So we are, we're not talking a, oh, I think you can limp off the field. We are talking something that is yeah. very serious here. And, uh, and w- when the head coach, one is emotional because Zimmer's an emotional guy, but he's not for the most part going to let us see that part of him, if ever. 
Uh, and the other thing is when anyone with the Vikings, the day of an injury, gets up there that quickly and says, this guy might be done for the season, odds are very good. The Teddy Bridgewater will not take a snap in 2016. Yeah, especially a week after we went through the whole charade of, well, right. I'm not going to tell you if it's a shoulder injury. Uh, you're going to have to find it on your own. It's a competitive advantage. They're, they're throwing that out the window because obviously he's not going to play. Um, thought it was telling that Mike Zimmer referenced his wife passing away seven years ago, and somebody was asking about, you know, what do you do? I don't remember what the question was, but he said, well, my wife passed away seven years ago, and the son did come up the next day. So if, if he's even thinking along those lines of devastating things that have happened in his life, and I know Teddy Bridgewater is one of the most beloved guys at Winter Park, and so my guess is it's a combination of your quarterback is out, and from a football perspective, it's terrible. It's on the eve of the regular season. And then, because he's so beloved, and Mike Zimmer, I think, looks at Teddy Bridgewater as sort of a, um, like a second son that sure. he never had, it makes it even worse. And I just I can't help but think, we've had this conversation on our radio show a million times. So every time there's expectations for the Vikings, they fall flat in some way. But ordinarily, it's something on the field that happens, right? It's a, it's a devastating, um, like it's Brett Favre at age 41 falling flat, or it's... It's the 1999 Vikings with Jeff George just not living up to expectations, whatever it is. This this is a new way to fall flat, and um, it's just another example of the football gods, wherever they are. These are your football always gods. Always striking the Vikings down <laughs> yeah. whenever things are, uh, are are looking like they're headed toward greatness. And I'm not saying they were headed toward like winning a Super Bowl, but they were in that conversation. Well, and, and what's the one thing that we all brought up from the very first day that, that we started doing shows from down in Mankato a month ago or so now was this. If anything happens to Bridgewater, even though he's not a proven quarterback yet, but he's going into his third year and, and in all honesty, appeared to may be making progress. But if anything happened to Bridgewater, we all watched practice and said, Sean Hill at 36 might be a great sounding board, a great teammate, yeah. and a great guy to have in the room to ask questions of. But flat out at that time, we said, if Sean Hill has to play a month or more, you're in trouble. So the question becomes, what do you do now? Because odds are very good that on September 11th uh, in Tennessee, in Nashville against the Titans, Sean Hill will start. All of that being said, the Vikings' next uh, next step, once they absorb what's wrong with Bridgewater and sort of start to move on from that for this season, Phil, is going to be you have to go out and you have to start looking at your options and you have to say, can we trade for or bring in a quarterback to this team who can take over for Sean Hill and at least with a very good defense still, too. Keep that in mind. With a very good defense, a quarterback that can at least – we can trust to win us games. Yeah, it's and and now I mean not to beat it a, a dead horse here, but if they were going to make a trade for a viable backup quarterback, I mean obviously in retrospect you do it before other teams know you're desperate. You know you would have done it earlier in the off season, or you would have addressed it at the beginning of training camp or whatever. Mm -hmm. uh, and of course they feel more confident in Sean Hill than we do sitting here doing this podcast. Otherwise they wouldn't have had Sean Hill as the primary backup, or maybe they were just put in a weird spot with Taylor Heineke showing up with you know, shards of glass in his foot on the day that players reported to Mankato. The problem for the Vikings is the cost of a viable upgraded backup, right? If you're looking, or I guess it would be starter at this now point if Teddy Bridgewater is out for the season. Yep. If you're looking at you know, some of the names that have been thrown out there, Josh McCown, um, Mike Glennon, 
potentially available from Tampa Bay because Jameis Winston is their starter. Mm-hmm. You think those teams are just going to give those players away for a seventh-round pick, especially knowing how desperate the Vikings are? Not now. So if the asking price, and I'm making all this up, but if the asking price is third or fourth-round pick, let's say, all right, you want, uh, you want a viable backup with some starting experience to bail you out? Third-round pick. Would you give up a third-round pick for a short-term potential fix but not a guaranteed fix? Or are you compounding one problem with another, which is, all right, let's, let's try and fix this quarterback situation by mortgaging part of our future, even though if we fix this quarterback situation, it might not elevate us high enough in the NFC to compete with the Carolinas and the Arizonas. It's a, it's a weird spot. If you could guarantee me that the Vikings had a top two or three defense in the NFL going in, if we could look into the crystal ball, uh-huh. and if I knew for a fact this was going to be one of the three best defenses in the NFL, a Super Bowl caliber dominant defense Mm -hmm. I would be willing to give up more to solidify that position if not you're not going anywhere anyways Um, it's sort of like 2012 in a way I mean the the blueprint is very 2012 like now you're leaning on Peterson more than you maybe were three days ago right Um, and you're you're hoping that this defense is better than that defense that defense was pretty good in 2012 this is a this This is is a much better defense top five defense yeah so I mean, how how far do you want to go when okay. it comes to acquiring a new quarterback? But the conundrum is this. You start the season on the 11th of September. You have a room full of players who went to the playoffs last year and but for a missed 27-yard field goal go to at least the second round. Yeah. The 2012 team I always thought was a nice little pop-up team, nice little story. This is a team that, as we've talked about before, I firmly believe is going up a hill. So if you don't make a trade or you don't, give up a little bit more, for instance, than you want for quarterback, can you go back in that room with those players and say, ah, you know what, that fourth rounder was too much for me? This is a conundrum. I mean, this is and, – and this this does come back to the point of when they arrived in Mankato, should they have, have been more prepared? See, part, part of this goes to did they like Heineke enough to think that he was a legitimate backup? He gets hurt. We still don't know the the whole timetable of that. Did Heineke kick the glass door, let's say, on July 27th and showed up in, in a boot, basically, and they said, what the hell? Or did he do it on July 12th and, and they had time to think about it and thought, we'll be fine because at that point they think Teddy's going to start. But it is an interesting – when you're about to start the season, it is an interesting position to be put in with that locker room full of players who think they're good. If you say, okay, boys, you know what? The best we can do for you is Sean Hill. Because yeah. if I'm a player, I'm saying – if I'm on, on that defense, I'm saying – we can hold teams to, let's say, 14 points, two touchdowns, 10 points. But if you really expect that we can win games with Sean Hill starting at quarterback in 2016, even with Peterson being as dynamic as he might be, they're crazy. Well, whoever you bring in, it's going to be a cram session just to get the playbook, right? I mean, just just to get up to speed on the playbook, unless it's somebody that yes. falls under Nor- Norv Turner's umbrella, which I have a list of those guys, by the way. Okay, good. Uh, it's not good news. Here's four guys. I'm curious. I saw this though. retweeted earlier today. All right. So there are four current backup quarterbacks with NFL teams that Norv Turner has experience working with and vice versa. Mm-hmm. Christian Ponder is one of them. Ponder's a complete and utter non-starter okay, to come back yeah. here, right? Non-starter and a non-starter. Non-starter. It's, it's R- but Rick, Spiel- both Rick Spielman is not going to pick up that phone and say, you know what, I bit the bullet on this guy, but now I'm going to bring him back. Yeah, I don't see that happening either. I don't either. Hey, this is Derek Wetmore, the original host of the Sports Over Beers podcast. 
I have lent out the microphone to a few of my buddies here at 1500 ESPN and Podcast One. We do a weekly beers sports-themed discussion. Check it out on the Podcast One network, 1500ESPN.com, or on iTunes. It's Laid Back Sports Talk. Uh, Matt Castle has Norv Turner experience. Tennessee's not going to let him go because he's the backup there. There's no way that Tennessee is going to allow him to come back here and start against them on September 11th, right? Uh, I agree. Yeah. Why That's, would you be crazy again? Unless you drastically overpay. If you call them and say, hey, we'll give you a first round pick because oh, right. we're super desperate for Matt yes. Castle. Okay, fine. Whatever. The other two are Brandon Whedon, who every chance he's gotten at every different stop, Houston, Dallas, Cleveland, he's been awful. Mm-hmm. Um, like high, like blooper highlight reel awful. Mm-hmm. And then uh, the other one, then th- this is a legitimate option if he didn't play in your division as a backup, Brian Hoyer. He's the Bears' backup quarterback. He's the backup to Jay Culler. Well, if I'm the Bears, mm-hmm. there's an NFC North tax. There's a we play you twice tax. And there's the desperation tax. There's no, if you're Chicago, once again, there's no way you do that. Yeah, unless is, you offer a crazy first-round pick, second-round yes. pick, whatever it is, for right. a backup quarterback. But Matt Castle and Hoyer are have almost no shot. Now, maybe, maybe if you're desperate enough to try and go get Castle after that first game, it works. But Castle has no shot of being here for the opener, and and Hoyer, as long as he's in Chicago, yeah. is not coming here. So some of the other options, I did see a report. I, we've been scrambling the last few hours. So I don't know if this has been finalized, but uh, Zach Mettenberger was on the verge of being released. Yes. So he might be available. By San Diego, correct? Yes. Okay. Mark Sanchez loses out on the starting job in Denver, and it looks so it looks like he's behind both Paxton Lynch and Trevor Simeon. He might be he might be let go unless the Broncos can can leverage the Vikings and Cowboys, for instance, against each other and get something to trade. Yeah. And he I, th- I think his current uh his current salary is somewhere between like four and five million dollars. Four and a half million dollars. He also has experience leading defensive oriented teams, handing the ball off and not making a bunch of mistakes yep. and letting a defense well, get you to the conference championship. Keep game in mind, twice. as painful as this all might sound right now as far as quarterbacks go, this list we're going through, you basically can't scoff at it because it's not going to be perfect. Oh, for sure. Yeah, you I would, mean, there's nothing yeah. here. There's nobody that we're going to talk about where you can say, oh, man, he yeah, he might suck, but guess what? You might have to take someone you think sucks. Colin Kaepernick. See, here's the problem with Kaepernick. If Kaepernick had just decided to boycott the national anthem right now, and he was saying, you know, I'm taking a stand here, and you said to yourself, okay, but he still looks good to me as a quarterback, then the conversation is on. The problem is, look at him right now. I believe he had three off-season surgeries, Phil. He's lost a ton of weight. He looks like a rock star right now. He hasn't been good in a rock star in a bad way. A waif. I mean, he's He looks like Keith Richards. Yes, he is so thin right now. He looks, he looks like a guy who, if you got him, you would need to get him on a diet plan and in the weight room for a solid month, maybe to play him, or he'll crack in half. Yeah, I mean, he, his fall from grace, from being a Super Bowl quarterback and a guy who everyone was looking at across the league as, this is the next generation of quarterbacks right here, a run-pass mix, he can hit you with 150 yards on the ground or 250 yards in the air, and I, I see him more as a project. You'd take him on as kind of a backup. You've got to get him bigger. I'm dead serious. I don't think you bring him in and you start. I guess if you could bring him in and you trusted that with the right infrastructure, Mike Zimmer, North Turner, you've got, um, you know, you've got Pat Shermer, you've got these guys who can sort of, and I think more of a West Coast system, a little bit quicker reads and shorter passes. Mm-hmm. And you're going to sit behind Sean Hill for the first month and a half. Mm-hmm. But again, Colin Kaepernick is, is a, 
it's you're looking for a short-term Im- immediate jolt here. And Colin Kaepernick's more of a project to me. Yes. I don't think he comes in here right away and all of a sudden he's got the playbook in his head. He's over his uh, his his demons from the last couple of years in San Francisco. Yes, I think you need someone who can come in and be ready right away if needed. And I don't see him as that. I, t- I told you on the show that, that with him boycotting the anthem and deciding not to stand for it, that I didn't think the Vikings would ever bring him in as the backup to Bridgewater, although that might have been intriguing because of the distraction factor. Now I think if you thought he could play quarterback, you jump at the chance. Yeah. The issue, though, becomes if you look at his training camp, it's really bad. I mean, Chip Kelly should be salivating at the opportunity to work with this kid, and it sounds like Chip Kelly's close to saying it's just not yeah. going to work. Peyton Manning. Stop with it. Do you make the phone call? Okay, if it were if it were Peyton Manning, if it were Peyton Manning and you knew that he had been at least throwing the ball around the yard, at least you, you know that... Am I throwing the ball around You know the he's yard? a great leader. Um, you know that he's going to read defenses. There, he it, might be physically shot, but let's be honest. The list we just went over, well, I mean, yeah, all no, those guys... There's just, no good choices here. I mean, would you... If, if you put Peyton Manning... Peyton Manning says, fine. One more run at this thing. You got the defense. You just want a Super it's Bowl. It's indoors. Do I do I do I very quietly at three AM make the call or send the text? Probably. You have but to. But he right? just won a Super Bowl. What on earth? The old, now Favre was always chasing it again. So Favre, who, who by the way, in two thousand nine still had a great arm, but Favre was always chasing it. Peyton won it. And Peyton won it with ducks floating through the air. So I make the Am I call. tempted to make the call? Probably, maybe. Does he that say me yes? To another option? Absolutely not. Am I? Could I still sling it around? Maybe. Here's the. Will they have to pull me out of the question. Hall of Fame? Well, he. Yeah. Well, Brett. Yeah. <laughs> he'd come back at a second. Brett comes if back. you gave Brett Favre a million dollars a game right now, and you begged him a little, because he'd want you to bet. He'd still be on. He'd want to you it. to beg him a little bit. You'd have to fly down there. Yep. I think. I think Brett Favre would consider it. Would Favre insist on wearing the Hall of Fame jacket during games? Instead of your jersey. Well, he wouldn't wear it in the game, but if it's a little on cold outside on the sideline, instead of the big jacket you would yeah. wear on the sidelines, you'd put the Hall of Fame jacket okay, over so, the shoulder pad. Okay, so the list included Kaepernick, Brandon Whedon. Uh, the John Clayton list includes Ponder, three. Once again, no way. Mark yeah. Sanchez, four. Sanchez is the most realistic of all these guys. Geno Smith at five. The Jets have <sighs> The Jets have an issue here. Geno Smith, or I believe it's Bryce Petty, are going to be available because Fitzpatrick's going to start for them. And Hackenberg, I believe, is going to make the roster as a third stringer. Geno Smith or Bryce Petty? I don't know enough about Bryce Petty. Geno Smith, man. Again, beggars can't be choosers. I, that's it's exactly okay. Right. If I'm if I'm of all the names we just mentioned, we're desperate right now and we're making phone calls. Yeah. By the way, the it's too bad Nick Foles picked the Chiefs for for both sides, right? I mean, the Vikings would have I much more interest this, in Nick Foles. I ask you this question: and, Do you call Kansas City and see if you could send a fourth round pick to him? Boy, yeah, Nick Foles. If he could do it again, obviously he'd pick the Vikings because he'd be starting right now and they're desperate and they'd probably overpay him. That was so. my sales pitch, by the way, Nick. If Teddy gets hurt, you're my guy. Yeah. I mean, if Alex Smith gets hurt, too, it's the same It's the same thing. I know, but my guy got hurt. <laughs> well, <laughs> Their guy didn't so far. Yeah. Um, one, one other thing, too, here. Well, by the way, just to finish my thought, um, of all the guys we just mentioned, mm-hmm. as, as crazy as it sounds, butt fumble Mark Sanchez is the most appealing of all these options. Mark Sanchez has had some success in Philadelphia. He uh, at least managed to not screw it up too badly for the Jets, in 2009, 2010, if you're just looking for someone to sit in the cockpit yep. and the defense is going to be the engine and you're going to run, hand the ball off to Adrian Peterson, all those things I said in the, for like the last nine months about 
you can't give one guy the ball well, 330 times. You give Adrian Peterson the ball 350 times if you need to, if any of these guys are your quarterback, including Sean Hill. The issue it's with, back to the 2012 formula. The issue, issue with Sanchez, because you're right, under Chip Kelly in Philadelphia, he had success, and he certainly early on with Rex had some success. The issue with Sanchez in Denver, though, is he had every opportunity in training camp to win this job. I mean, they were desperate for him to win this job. Yeah. And by the end of it, he was not number two on the list. He was number three. Yeah. In fact, the guy who beat him out for the starting job was mediocre at Northwestern. In I know. Fact, I threw. I think he threw more interceptions than touchdowns at Northwestern. Yes. But my. But the point is, he didn't just get beat out by him. He got beat out basically by two guys. Yeah. He's going to either get traded or maybe let go altogether because he failed that badly. Now, here's my question for you: uh, If you are, if you bring in a quarterback, and let's say it's going to take some time to get this guy up to speed. It's not a North Turner disciple. The bye week falls for the Vikings on October the 16th, which is one, which is five weeks in. Do you attempt to start Sean Hill for the first five games? And I'm not sure he can stay healthy, but do you, you, do you have you, no choice, right? But do you just attempt to start him for the first five games, bring somebody else in and get him up to speed. And if Sean Hill is not playing very well through five games, you get that guy as the starter for the first game out of the bye, yeah. which would be, Back-to-backs at Philadelphia at Chicago. Yes. Yeah. I don't think there's any way anyone but Sean Hill starts the first few games of the season, right? I'd agree with that. Joel Stave, who, by the way, is one hit away from being your starting quarterback at this point. There's two quarterbacks on the roster. It's damn Yankees. Joel Stave has sold his soul for all of this to happen (laughs) so he can stick on the roster. Oh, man. Yeah, he's uh, because I think they cut Sorensen today. Which means Brad Sorensen was let go, and I think he might. They said they might bring him back, and I don't know what the rules. Once you let a guy go, if you have to like have him gone for a week or something, I have no idea. So Stave is going to play all four quarters of this fourth preseason game, right? Because you're not going to risk Sean Hill going out there and taking a bad hit if he's he's your last line of defense until you bring somebody else in. Sean Hill played one series on Sunday against the Chargers because he had played the majority, or he played a lot against Seattle when Teddy sat out because of the shoulder in the second week of the preseason. So, yes, at the rate we're going now, mm. Sean Hill played one series against the Chargers, and he will not play on Thursday. And I guess Joel Stave, and if they can sign you off the street, for instance, they'll play you against the Rams. <laughs> Man. Um, wh- one last thing for me on this uh, subject. Mike Zimmer said during his press conference today he did speak with Bill Parcells. I think he said they spoke three times today. Bill, Bill has been longtime mentor, sounding board for, for Mike Zimmer. Yep. And Bill Parcells, this is not apples to apples, and the and the era is certainly not apples to apples, but Bill Parcells dealt with something sort of similar in 1990 when uh, Phil Simms, now this is where it's not apples to apples, He Phil, they were 13-3 and three in the regular season, and Phil Simms played 14 games and then went down with an injury in December. Uh, but that team, you know, Phil, it wasn't like J- Joe Montana or Dan Marino leading a team. Phil Simms was, was a good, solid starting quarterback, and by that point, um, he was more of a game manager than a guy who was going to elevate. And that Giants team in 1990 ran the ball more than almost anyone in the NFL, and they had the best defense in the NFL. They had stars all over the field on defense, and they handed the ball off, and they won a Super Bowl with Jeff Hostetler, their competent backup quarterback, yep. guiding them through the postseason. So um, I don't think you need a star quarterback to win a Super Bowl. We saw it with a broken-down Peyton Manning. We've seen it probably seven or eight times in the past 25 or 30 years, but you have to have the best defense or at least a top two or three defense to be considered in that conversation. Unfortunately, all we were hoping was that Bridgewater was a competent ascending quarterback still, 
and now he's gone. Now I will say the difference the difference also back then with what the Giants did was that was an era where you did have a pretty competent backup quarterback. I mean, heck, the the 49ers had the embarrassment of Montana starting and Steve Young behind him at one time. Yeah. Uh, and Steve, I, it wasn't that Elvis Gerbach and or Steve Bono who both became starting quarterbacks yes, at some point. Yes, like a lot of teams had really good backup quarterbacks or or at least very competent guys who weren't disasters as starters and if this was four years ago with Sean Hill I would say okay you know he's 32 he's basically a career backup it's not ideal but I think he, he can do it but just watching Sean Hill practice watching the watching how the ball leaves his hand and sort of floats through the air and also just the real the real question too is can Sean Hill if he's playing consistently in games stay healthy himself so yeah. This is this is not a good list of of pickings that the Vikings are, are going to go through in this uh, dollar store dollar bin. Unfortunately, it's what they're left doing, and I think they're going to have to put their hand in there and come up with something. Well, you know, a couple things. You know, Teddy, you feel terrible for him. He's a great guy. He was on the rise. He was playing well in the preseason. He looked great coming off the shoulder fatigue thing in this third pre, uh, second pre, wait third preseason game. Yep. No, I did. Um, so it's you feel terrible for him because you hate to see anyone suffer what appears to be some kind of a grotesque, maybe career-altering leg injury. Look what happened to Dante after his oh, there's no injury. This, yeah, this 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 is not concerning just right now as we we sit here and discuss yeah. it without a, not, a lot of information. This is not just concerning for 2016. Yeah, this is concerning going forward uh, from a team perspective. You know, Teddy. He was uh, he was an ascending commodity at quarterback. Uh, he wasn't Tom Brady. He wasn't Aaron Rodgers. So you know, you're not you're not taking. The, the second best quarterback in the NFL off this team. If this team was going to do anything, it was going to start with defense. And I think offensive line was going to be a huge factor in terms of the uh, the offensive success. So, um, yeah, it's, man, this, this franchise, every time you think something good is about to happen, whether it's the fourth quarter of a big game that you think the good thing is about to happen or an upcoming season, the uh, rug gets pulled out from underneath it. As I told our our mutual friend Darren Doogie Wolfson in 2009, Phil, in some way, shape, or form, either the quarterback in that case or the team will break your heart. Yeah. And that's there's. I mean, this is just another thing where you you say to yourself, you opened your new stadium on Sunday, things are going great. You got your quarterback healthy through a half. His arm is fine. Peterson's going to step in September 11th. This is all coming together. Yeah, the offensive line's a little bit of a concern, but, you know, okay, that's fine. You're always going to have some concern, and the next thing you know, your quarterback is rolling around on the practice field with an ambulance coming out to take him away on a non-contact injury, in which, by the way, was your only practice this whole week. You played Sunday. You were off Monday. You practiced like Tuesday. Five guys that could have done that today, and it had to be Teddy Bridgewater. I right? know. I know. So anyway, uh, once again, this has been an emergency purple podcast. Uh, I'm sure that uh, Ben Gessling and I will reconvene soon to talk about what all of this means for the uh, 2016 Vikings. Heck, we might be talking about the acquisition of a new starting quarterback or a new big name quarterback at that time. Uh, He's Phil Mackey. I'm Judd Zolgad. And if you don't get enough of us, you can hear us from uh, 9 to 1 weekdays on 1500.